0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 220 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis.
1: And my name is Barbara. What's up, partner? Not a whole lot. What's happening with you, Barb? Not a whole lot. It's a Wednesday. We're recording on a Wednesday, and so it's uh, been a busy, busy week so far. Yeah, it's all as well. you still got two days left. Yeah, I know, but you know what? When it's this busy, the days fly by, and I'm already home watching TV, and then I get back up and do it all over again.
0: You know, I do miss that about working in a lab. (laughs) It seems like you'd walk in, put your bag down, and then you're picking it up and heading home.
1: Pretty much. That's (laughs) how it goes. So, yep. Yeah,
0: we used to record these at the end of the week, but I'm traveling so much. It seems like we're always recording on a Wednesday these days.
1: Yep, and I'm not complaining. I'll do whatever I can for our podcast.
0: Well, we in the audience appreciate it.
1: I'd like to give a shout out for everybody that bought a Races for the Future shirt. Elvis yeah. made about $200, and we dedicated it to our Race for the Future and our racer, who is myself. So thank you, everybody.
0: Absolutely. Great job promoting those shirts. We had a ton of people get them. It's going to be exciting. I hope they all turn out to the Race for the Future in August. Wear those shirts and cheer on Barb as she survives the swim, yeah, yeah. spy on the bike, and, and,
1: and runs really well. And puts okay whooping on it all, my friend. There you I'm go. I'm in it to win it. Hopefully no. you'll that out. But uh, Of course I won't. I'm going for top three in my age group, so there's no turning back now. Is there an age group of 70? Oh, oh that is just so rude. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> is there a place like Illinois? Oh. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. Bye-bye. I
0: only do it because I love you. <laughs> I know. All right. Move on. But yeah, speaking of, we weren't even going to really bring it up, but Race for the Future coming up in August. I'll put a link up on this episode's show notes. People, if you are into any sort of exercise or you just want to cheer on some amazing athletes in our industry, go to this race, support it, give money. It all goes to the foundation. It's good stuff.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: I am actually looking to put together a team. I have a possible biker.
1: Ooh. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Yeah,
0: Steve Fay at Maverick Dental Lab. I met him out at Lab Day West, and he sort of kind of agreed. I'll follow up with him. But if anyone's looking to swim, we're going to put together a a team. Not looking to win any age group, let alone not even looking to finish, just looking to get out there and have some fun.
1: You're going to finish, stop yourself. Those (laughs) of you that don't know Elvis is a bad runner, too. Not a great bicyclist, but yeah. he can like a mofo. <laughs> I've been
0: better at some other things in my life.
1: He about kills himself on the bike, so that's a good call that <laughs> you're only doing the run. Just yeah, so.
0: that's it. Haven't been on a two-wheeled bike since.
1: Your wife would not be good with that at all.
0: Nor would I. <laughs> so, I'm getting ready to head out to Maine. I'm going to hang out with some of the coolest denturists in the country.
1: Right on.
0: Yeah, super excited. By the time this airs, the weekend will be over, but... All three from last week's episodes are going to be there. Plus, I just happened to notice that some other past guests are going to be there, too. I mean, I get to hang out with Jeremiah Noss, James Angeloni, Brian Johnson. I can't wait to get out there. It's going to be
1: awesome. Yeah, have some fun and learn some stuff and sell some product.
0: Yep, that's what I uh, actually have to do. I know. (laughs) So how is your panel at FDLA? I only caught the last half, but it seemed like it was good.
1: It was. You know, my life has changed in so many good ways the last year and a half that I just felt super ready, really prepared, honest answers, good audience, great panelists and Bennett did great and I I thought it was really good really good I mean I'd say that anyways but like genuinely I really felt like we did a great job so and that's all it's all about the audience when you're up there you know you just try to give as much information as you can and it's more about them than it is about us speakers and um, I, I feel like we were successful
0: I'll say two things yes the audience participation was great Half of these things, if you don't have anyone asking questions, it kind of kills the mood. But you had yep. some really good questions. Yep. The next one was is you guys are all sitting in like comfortable chairs not behind a table
1: yes
0: nobody had their legs spread that was good
1: i wish i had the memo because i wore a dress and i was a little uncomfortable with that but i didn't move my legs i crossed them and left them and didn't yeah usually you got
0: those guys that sit there and what's it called man spread yeah and you're just like seriously but nobody did that so kudos to everybody all right So this month, remember, it's CDT and Dental Laboratory Appreciation Month. Make sure you stick around at the end of this episode where we will play the audio thanks that people have sent in to show their appreciation to people in our industry. Make sure you stick around. All right. So this week we bring you a special treat a very passionate and dedicated technician, joins us to talk about her journey to education. Nicole Jackson is the head faculty and program chair of the Dental Technician Program at Milwaukee Area Technical College in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, this is the same school that started her on her dental technology path, working at a few labs and becoming known as A disruptive unicorn. Nice, I love it, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Nicole soon found herself running any lab she worked at and making changes to the processes and workflows. After a long stint of a couple labs, an opportunity presented itself to educate the next generation of dental technicians. I love that too. Revamping the program, Nicole is doing what we need badly in this industry, which is giving us new, educated technicians. So join us as we chat with Nicole Jackson. The Asiga Max, the world's most advanced lab 3D printer, offers exceptional productivity. Well over 400 labs in the U.S. can attest to its accuracy, speed, and precision.
1: With a 62 micron print precision, the Max is optimized for both the dental lab or the clinical environment. Its exclusive SPS smart positioning system technology guarantees that every single layer is formed accurately, resulting in consistent results in any environment, and its single point calibration makes calibration extremely accurate and fast.
0: As an open material system, you can print any suitable resin from any material manufacturer. Your choice. No strings. The Max also features the fastest material changeover of any 3D printer.
1: Labs love this. Change completely from one print resin to another in under 30 seconds, which is really amazing because you and I both know how hard that is. All of this and the finest, most dependable technical support staff in the dental lab industry
0: call Whitmix today or visit whitmix.com to find out more about the Asiga Max. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Voices from the Bench The Interview We'd like to welcome to the podcast a very exciting guest. Now, I want to kind of start by talking about how I learned about you, Nicole. I really didn't know who you were. I would never really heard of you, which is not rare. But there I was, Visions 21, this year in Las Vegas. And we're giving out awards like we do every year. And here's this lady that won two awards. Congratulations, by the way. At one night. I didn't even know that was possible.
2: <laughs> I actually didn't know it was possible either. And thank you so much. And I was
0: like, holy moly, who is Nicole Jackson? I want to get to know her. And then Barb and I were like, what's the best way to get to know
2: her? Podcast.
0: Podcast. Nicole Jackson, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
2: Oh, thank you so much. I'm just honored to be here. I really just appreciate and respect what you're doing in this space. And it's just, it's an honor to be on here and and to be able to participate in this with you. So thank you so much to both of you. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So before we get into the history, what did you get? CDT of the year and the educator of the year?
2: Yeah. How does that
0: even happen?
2: I don't even know. You know, I can't even explain the gratitude that I have for for both. You know, I've been in this industry for about 20 years. Have
0: you really? Where have you been?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've been around. We've been in the same circles, but we just haven't made that direct connection. So I'll tell you, (laughs) it is exciting to have this conversation, too, and to give a little bit of background about me, too. You know, but I have really just been concentrated, I guess, you know, in my own market and really just recently kind of branched out. To participate in additional opportunities professionally, which is kind of, you know, giving us opportunity in those same circles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're an educator.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you get into that? Let's hear the whole story. Where'd you start? Yeah. Whole
2: story. Where did I start? In fact, I took over the program in August of 2020. So, right in like the times of COVID, right? So, it's my second year teaching right now. And I was actually working in the lab space as an operations manager at a, a local lab. Oh, nice. I had somebody reach out to me. You know, I wasn't looking for employment opportunities by any means, but I had somebody reach out to me in industry and said, you know, METC is looking for somebody to lead the dental technician program. This would be right up your alley. You need to at least have a conversation and see if it's something you would be interested in. And I had been having students come to me, you know, for employment opportunities. And I saw that there was a disconnect in terms of like the technology. So I knew that there was going to be some opportunity there. I obviously hold the program in high regards and MATC in high regards. I graduated from the dental technician program there in 2003.
0: Oh, so you actually went through the program.
2: I did. Okay. And I actually went on to do two other degrees with them as well. So I love, I love that college.
1: How did you know that you wanted to do the dental technology program back in 2003?
2: That is really interesting. So I was actually, um, my senior year in high school, I was in an advanced program where I was able to go out and work in industry. And I knew that, you know, I always had like an art and science background, but also Mm -hmm. like a strong interest in dental period. And so what I did was my options to select from, the only dental option was dental assisting. And so I went into a really large clinic practice that was here with a big company. And I started out as a dental assistant, moved on to sterilization tech, went into dental hygiene assistant. And it's funny because I sat in on my first crown insert Oh wow! and I got to see the reaction for the patient. So it was just a single upper molar and we sat down and went through everything in terms of inserting it. And um, the patient started to cry and she oh, went on to that. give feedback as to what it meant to her. She really felt like it was, you know, something that made her whole. She had such a loss in terms of like the experience of it. And so I knew, I knew from that moment that I had to figure out where that crown came from and what the backstory was on it in terms of how it was made. So I called the dental lab that we sent out, you know, lab services to mm-hmm. and started picking the brain in terms of if they knew if there was a program that was offered, if You know, I could come into the lab space just to learn more, period. And that's what led me to MATC. And what is MATC? MATC is Milwaukee Area Technical College. Okay, gotcha. And so they offer uh, technical diplomas, certificates, and associate degrees that are related to technical study.
0: So we hear a lot about schools, but this is the first I've even heard. How big is the program?
2: The program right now, my first year and second year, we were in COVID capsule. With that, you know, to station students at every other bench, we kept it at 10 because it allows the opportunity to to keep that space in between. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so um, it was interesting because with that, my first year, I had 10 students and I also had a wait list for the program. Um, My second year, I also experienced the same thing. So 10 enrolled and then a wait list. Um, My third year, we're anticipating not having to have any COVID restriction. Mm -hmm. So I will be opening up the seats to take additional students. Nice. Mm -hmm.
0: So you experienced this crown. You called a lab. Are you allowed to say which lab you called?
2: I don't know. I would think so. Yeah, go for
0: it. I don't think it's anything negative.
2: (laughs) So it was New Art on a Lab.
0: Okay. Absolutely. So you gave them a call. Where did they direct you to this program or did you go into the lab?
2: They did. They actually directed me to the program and they gave me feedback that, you know, at that time, I mean, it was really a desired attribute to be able to kind of go through formal education. And so MATC being the only college in the state that offered the program, you know, they were obviously the front runner in terms of a resource to check in with right away the lab did offer me the opportunity to come in as well. Mm -hmm. I did end up taking him up on an opportunity because I connected with the college and they had an open house. So I went to that right away. Nice. Mm -hmm. And so, and it was funny because one thing too, to backtrack as well, I actually was signed up for the dental hygiene program at METC. So I ended up switching over Mm -hmm. to dental technician. So why
0: did you make that switch? What drew you to-
1: It was the, the emotion of that patient, if I have a guess.
2: It was. Yep. You know what I mean? And it was so funny because I was a personal assistant of the dentist that I was in the crown insert with. And so it was funny because I looked at her afterwards and I was like, I know exactly what I want to do. Wow. And she was like, I know you got to go for dentistry. And then she's like, you got you to get enrolled in the program. And we were talking about another college that's here that offers a really wonderful dentistry program. And I said, "No, I got to figure out more about that crown." You know, <laughs> and with that too, it was like when I went to the open house, I really just fell in love with the fact that there was such an artistic quality behind manufacturing and it was working with my hands. And so for me, it was a combination of art and science and all the different worlds and aspects that I had loved so much in terms of study before. And so I just knew, you know what I mean, that I had to to take that and run with it. Yeah. So I had a really good experience in the program.
1: So, yeah. So kind of walk us through it. So what's your first like what do you do when you go to school for dental technology or is it all study and then hands on?
2: Well, you mean, with the program as it stands now or the program is when I experienced it 20 Um, years ago,
1: experienced it and then actually what you've changed and what's now. Be great. Back
2: then, there were smaller portions of lecture. So it wasn't a lot of theoretical study. There were portions of it, but it was a little bit more hands-on driven and a little bit more open architecture. So we would kind of be given guidance and then a handout, and then you would go to complete the task. So the experience as it stands now is a little bit different in a lot of ways different. But I mean, we still do combine like theoretical study and physical mm-hmm. labs.
1: Wow. So, you, so what, they direct you back to the bench and you sit down and just start creating?
2: Yeah, a lot. But it was a lot more independent then, you know, more so just like, all right, the task is to wax a mandibular first molar, you know, in terms of us being able to process it as a full cast crown. And you kind of had a handout to give you guidance, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have too many textbooks. We did use the Air Force manual at that time. So it was more so independent work, independent study.
0: How big were the classes back then?
2: Back then, well, I had about 16 when we first started, okay. and then there was an immediate drop-off, you know what I mean, of a few, and then we ended up, when I graduated, I graduated with about eight.
0: So you do have some drop-off during it.
2: Yeah. At that time, yes, and there were, and for different reasons as to why. Sure,
1: sure. Is that a two-year program?
2: At the time that I took it, it was actually the first year that it was offered as a technical diploma, so a one-year study, before wow. that it had been an associate's degree. Nice. And it was pretty much Crown Bridge-based, so there wasn't anything in terms of denture study.
1: Really? So what part did you, like cutting anatomy, did you layer, did you contour?
2: Yep. All the above and casting. And it was funny because everybody graduated and wanted to do ceramics right away. <laughs> yeah. As you yeah. traditionally want to do, you know, yeah. and I had set out with a couple of different goals. It was, I knew I loved ceramics and I wanted to go into that, but I knew that I wanted to become a CDT additionally. And then I also knew that I wanted to be driven to do start to finish techniques in the lab, which at the time, everybody was step technique driven. So I knew that that was a large goal and I had to find the right place in order to have that opportunity.
0: Wow. So where was that place?
2: Where was that place? It was at a Smaller Lab, okay. and it was at Gardner Dental Arts in Waukesha, Wisconsin.
0: Nice. So you walked in there with your degree, and how much did you learn in school help you when you sat down at a bench?
2: At, at the bench? bench? Yeah. Well, oh, I was absolutely able to sit down right at the bench and be able to perform tasks right away. I was actually hired as a waxer, and I shared those goals with the owner, Dave, and he was absolutely on board with that. Nice. You know, and it was interesting because even as young as I was, I was able to come into the lab space and really kind of analyze where they were in terms of their processing Mm -hmm. and how they were utilizing technicians at that time. And from an early standpoint, you know, I was able to kind of communicate what I thought would benefit both the company and the technicians in place to make changes. Dave really ran with my feedback,
3: Hmm. you know, and
2: so I did achieve my goal within Six months I was doing start to finish techniques and that was something that was really interesting and floored everybody because of the time frame that I was able to achieve it in, mm-hmm. but also just with the team that we had had, because again, it was like a very step-driven lab. You know, there was a metal finisher, there was someone who stacked, there was a waxer, you know, and then there was someone that did kind of like work in between and then a model room technician.
1: And they each passed their work on to somebody else and then they took it over and then they did it and then they passed it over.
2: Correct.
1: Yeah. That's what we used to do as well. And then you did everything?
2: Everything. So what was great is like I would come in and I was able to perform at such a speed that I knew that I had to achieve in order to have that extra time to work with the owner independently Mm -hmm. and to learn things additionally. So, I mean, I was the first to come in. I was the last one to leave, you know, and I was with Dave and Connie, his wife, Connie, they both own the lab. Mm -hmm. I was with them for about 10 years.
4: Wow, You know,
2: it was fantastic because they were a very high quality driven lab and they were known for their porcelain work. So like with a standard posterior for us, it would have opaque modifiers, five to seven powders in the build, and then external staining for just a single posterior.
1: Yeah. Nice. I hope they got paid for that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they did. That was great because it was at a time where you could demand top dollar for that quality. Yeah. They specialized in full mouth reconstructions as well, so I had a lot of a lot of really good experience. And you know, it was funny because you either had to be a standing quality driven lab, mm-hmm. or you had to be a strong production value lab at the time. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, you figure that's back twenty years ago
1: mm-hmm.
2: with that time frame. I mean, you really couldn't stand to combine both. Right. And so, seeing the progression that I have and the change that we have in our industry, when our price points started changing and that I knew that a secondary goal would be to both combine, you know, both that quality and that speed in the offering, right? The final product, because with prices dropping, I didn't want to lessen the quality of what I was giving a patient restoratively. And so I definitely spent the first 10 years of my career capitalizing on those quality points. Mm -hmm. And then the secondary half really just the speed attribute, because if I could go to an owner and say, okay, we can offer this quality and still hit these benchmarks in terms of production values. There wasn't an argument in terms of being able to produce that and offer that in the final product.
1: Did you get to deal with doctors
2: at that time? I did, which was great. You know, and Dave was one too where, you know, I was in the Milwaukee Dental Technician Society. We would go to the meetings every single month. They supported me and my... of certification, you know, and I have always been a strong front runner in terms of continuing education and participating in every opportunity possible. We go to Chicago every single year. They were very supportive of that, of course, and they got to see the direct benefit in the lab of that learning.
0: Oh, hell yeah. How were you able to walk into a lab and within six months change the way they did things? I mean, where did you learn that skill? You didn't learn it in the school.
2: Uh, You know, it's funny that you say that. And I floored a lot of people because obviously some people were on board with that right away. And then some people were just like, oh, my gosh, they were floored. Like they didn't know. We don't like how to handle you probably. (laughs) No, you didn't. Yes.
1: (laughs) She's an overachiever. I'm threatened. I'm threatened.
2: Yeah, so it it shook some people's boots a little bit. Yep,
0: but to do sure. it in six months is amazing. I was a director of operations at my lab, but
2: I didn't have a
0: handle on thing within the first six months, let alone probably the first six years.
2: Yeah, you know, I really set out a goal of wanting to be a maverick in the lab space. You know, I wanted to do it all. I've always been kind of like a sponge. You know what I mean? In terms yeah. of just absorbing any bit of knowledge that I can to increase the output And the amount of servitude I could have in this industry, you know, and in the professional space, I've always just been driven from that background and that goal.
0: Yep. I mean it's really an accomplishment.
1: So you were with them for ten years. Yeah. And then what was your next goal? So how did you know that you wanted to move on? And then what did you move on to?
2: Well, I mean, I came into the lab space at a really interesting time because twenty years ago we were all on analog workflows, right? And, yeah. and digital, you know, technology hadn't really come into that space until about five years into when I had started. And so with that, you know, obviously Nova BioCare kind of came in with mm. the Piccolo and Prosera, and yep. we kind of just boomed from there in terms of three shape and, and the other technologies that got introduced. With that, you know, my goal was to want to pick up and to dual wield analog and technology driven workflows. Now in a small lab, you know, and I appreciate Dave and Connie and all it is that they had offered, you know what I mean? And taught me in the timeframe that I was with them mm-hmm. um, and that we were able to accomplish together. But we were limited in terms of the capacity that we could pick up and run with technology. And so I really wanted to get into a space there, again, just with the industry changing as it was, to, you know, have that as a secondary skill set and be just as strong as my analog base.
1: Mm-hmm. And so I
2: wanted to go into a space that could kind of offer the opportunity for those additional technology-driven aspects.
1: Did you want to be a designer? or I mean, like, were you interested in creating on the computer? It sounds like where your head's at.
2: Yeah. So it was interesting. I actually did. And I was the one that did do all the design at Gardner Dental Arts when I was there. Wow. So I was no biocare certified. They did get the piccolo. They did pick up with three shape later on, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have anything in terms of like in-house milling. 3D printing hadn't been introduced at that point, Mm -hmm. but it was more of the reduction aspects. And so, yeah, I really wanted to learn design and to be able to, you know, like I said, to be able to go in and out of digital and analog workflows. And so we were limited in the capacity of equipment and offerings. And so I decided to, you know, make my next career move because they always say, you know what I mean? And it's true is that in your space, it's like you want to be the expert and have that knowledge, but at the same time too, you want to be challenged. Yep. And so at that point, it was kind of like I didn't have anything additional to learn. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, or it, changed it was just time to move on, respectively. Yeah.
0: yeah. Capped sense. out.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so did where'd you, you go? Yep. <laughs> it
2: was funny because um, there again, it was like one conversation turned into another. And I had the opportunity presented to move into a lab that was in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. And so what I did is I transitioned over. And they had in-house milling capacity. They had three shape in place. And so I was able to, you know, start and run with that right away. So there were new opportunities. It was a larger lab, higher production. And again, like that secondary goal, you know, I knew all of the high quality driven aspects in terms of manufacture. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point, you know, where our market was kind of changing in terms of pricing. And that was an opportunity to learn there again, like more so the speed aspects being in higher production values.
0: And how was it going from seven layers and internal staining to monolithic?
2: (laughs) It was interesting, you know what I mean? And that's where you can control those values. What's been really interesting in that space is just how much we can control with the progression of materials Yeah, and then like internal staining, pre-centered staining, pre-centered contouring, you know? And so it was neat being able to figure out like that perfect recipe to be able to get a similar outcome, but in totally different perspective.
0: Were they open to that idea?
2: Yeah, they were. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: They knew they were getting a firecracker.
2: Heck yeah. It's going to
0: change everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it did, And it was funny because I came in and did the same thing there too.
1: Did you? you know. <laughs> What did you do?
2: Just came in and kind of analyzed the space. You know what I mean? I, I came in and I was hired more so in the Crown and Bridge and ceramics area. And so I was just in a universal position where I was all over the lab because there again, it's kind of like you stand out as a unicorn because a lot of people have more so had the step-driven background and techniques. And so it's different to find somebody that can do everything from start to finish.
0: Yeah. How big was this lab?
2: This lab at the time, gosh. There were about 15 technicians and then not including like the six delivery drivers sure, you know yeah. I mean, and the other administrative staff.
0: So a little larger than what you're used to, but not nothing huge.
2: No, but there was a lot more production going on. Yeah, So like with Gardner Dental Arts, that was about 150 cases a month. Mm-hmm. cases not units right and we were also doing like full mouth reconstructions sure and so then when i moved into the secondary space i mean they were getting anywhere from 70 to 90 cases a day yeah so a lot different of a space a lot more opportunity they're going to capitalize on the production values
0: mm-hmm. how hard was it for you not to want to touch every unit
2: it was really hard
0: i bet <laughs> it's hard to let go <laughs>
2: It is. But I was kind of anywhere and everywhere. So I would design about 50 cases a day. I handled all of the stacking and then all of the staining and glaze and then clinical calls, managing. And I was just everywhere and anywhere. So it was a lot of fun in terms of, you know, it's funny because I remember one of the last Christmases, we literally ran out of shelf space. We had case pans stacked on the floor oh. because there wasn't anywhere else to put them at one point we ran out of case pans and had to find something else just to put cases in wow yes That's and I mean fantastic. I was literally moving around the lab just singing and smiling I mean I love I love Christmas time in the lab
1: yeah <laughs> so do I
0: so what'd you do with the other two hours in your day
2: Uh <laughs> I'll listen to voices from the bench. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, designing 50 cases is actually a full-time job. Just saying.
2: It is. You know, and without AI, I am at three minutes for a posterior. Wow.
0: Very Three incredible. minutes? Yowzer. Three minutes. So how long were you at this lab? Yeah.
2: Almost ten years. Jeez. Oh. Yep. So I moved from that space into teaching. And you know, respectively, I only did that because I, you know, at the time of COVID, we saw our numbers go from forty five thousand plus technicians down to about forty thousand technicians. Mm-hmm. And our schools have transitionally changed over time. You know, our educational societies, so on and so forth. And I've been involved in all of the above. And to be able to see those numbers change in that way, I wanted to make a difference. And I knew that it would take a unique skill set in order to take the program on where it was yeah. and to be able to take it to a next phase of opportunity. And I really wanted to make a dynamic difference there again in just a servitude of the space because if I keep what I've learned to myself, it doesn't benefit our industry in, in being able to empower somebody else going into it.
1: At that point, you decided you wanted to teach. And so is that when you went directly to the school?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the call that I got turned into, you know, one conversation, which turned into a series of interviews. And then, you know, they had offered me the position. At that time, Barb, you know, like you had mentioned, I did, you know what I mean? I transitioned to that. And it's not that I was looking for a job. I wasn't. I was happy with what I was doing, for sure. Yeah, Um, And I love being directly in industry. And in a lot of aspects, I haven't left industry at all, but the program needed the right person to come in and to be able to lead it. And I felt like I could really capitalize on that opportunity.
0: Wow. How many instructors were there at the time?
2: Like before me?
0: Yeah. Like as you got the position.
2: There was one.
0: Just one?
2: Just one. Oh,
0: Wow. Okay, and that person was leaving or retiring or?
2: Yes, they were at the point of retiring, which is how the opportunity was opened up.
0: So not only are you going to be running the program, you're the only one teaching the program. Correct. Wow, I didn't realize that.
2: Yeah, currently I'm the program chair and I'm the lead faculty of the program and the only faculty to the program.
0: It's good to be a leader of only yourself.
2: (laughs) It is in some aspects, yes.
1: Yeah. So when you go into something an endeavor like that, do they have all of the content already there for you, and then you can tweak it and build it and change it? No. <laughs> so how did you know what the heck to do? Like, walk me through that.
2: Well, here's the thing, and I know, like, it sounds like a lot, but there here's the thing: the program is unique to the state, but the curriculum is outlined in a course outcome summary. So that is with the Wisconsin Technical. Um, College system, right? Mm. So there's an outline of what the criterion is. The instructor actually develops and creates all the content within that. Wow. Now, what's interesting is you do not, you know, have to pass along that content from one instructor to another. Or if there's multiple instructors that are teaching a course, as long as they're in alignment with those values, they can still come up with independence in terms of what their philosophy is on teaching right
1: yeah so you can have your own identity
2: yeah so like i said i mean you really have to have like this program specifically a really needed uh unique skill set to be able to come in and accomplish what needed to be done mm-hmm. and what was interesting about this space is it's like i had created all of my content from scratch with the outline of that course outcome summary but i also was able to change the curriculum and modify the program in my two years that I've been there as well. So right now the program's going through change. So it's remaining a technical diploma. So Mm -hmm. one-year program, but it's moving from four courses to eight courses. So in fall, it will be more of an associate's degree level package, but still put together in terms of that technical diploma and one-year offering. When I took the program on, I had actually considered making it an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. But with... Our hiring wages, you know what I mean, and the time frame in which students want to commit to that type of level of learning, Mm -hmm. Um, the cost of the program with the credit cost ratio, and the need in industry. I went through and surveyed employers and both students and past graduates, and everybody had demanded more so that technical diploma type of level, Yeah, which is why my goal was to really maximize the opportunities that we had in that time frame and how the program modifications came through you know, to be where they're going to stand as of fall.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Talk about the guidelines that you were supposed to follow. How detailed were they? Or were they completely outdated?
2: They were outdated and actually in need of being updated 100%. Sure. What I did is I completed modifications that were in alignment with those values within my first year. And then my second year, I was able to go through and rewrite all of them in anticipation of this upcoming year.
0: So you changed the guidelines and went back to the the state board or whoever does it and they Correct. approved it
2: yep and went through all the different processes of approval so i changed Over 85% in the existing four courses. And then what I did is I created four new courses myself.
0: (laughs) That's awesome.
2: It is. It's really, really exciting. You know, and I also obtained my teaching certification. I have associate's degree in individualized technical studies with a major in education and training.
0: When did you do all this?
2: (laughs) I told you it it was going to take the right type of person. (laughs) It's like the perfect storm of events. Wow. So what courses did you add?
0: That weren't already there.
2: Okay, so the courses that I added were dental technology materials.
0: They didn't have materials before? No, I love that. No. Wow. That's strange.
2: Principles of occlusion.
0: Nice. They didn't have that before either? No. Wow.
2: CAD CAM and dentistry.
0: I get that, yep. Yep.
2: And then dental tech professionalism. Oh. So, what is that? Well, what's interesting, I mean, I have about 20 years of operations management experience in a, addition to being in lead technician roles in, in each of the labs that I was in. Yep. And so one thing to really help and what I've seen over time is we've obviously, it's been such a transition, right? Because a lot of managers are obviously working managers. And so you have mm-hmm. 17 different hats that you wear and 17 different roles that you play in that. There's a difference in communication values from a starting technician to someone in that type of a level or role. And a lot of times there's conflict in like the communications and the values of that, right? And those experiences, which is why we've had so much HR training in the last several years, which is great. And we need to continue to have that to support business professionals in that space too. You know, I took the NADL business management course. Mm Mm-hmm. As well. So I have the certificate in that and I've always been a front runner in the training in that space. So I really wanted to develop that course for those that are considering owning a lab at some point, managing a lab at some point. um, And even those that are entering into the lab space to just understand some of the values that are made in the decision making. Mm -hmm. In terms of just the overall layout, the communication between the departments, the roles of the management team, the ownership level type of experiences, you know, and so that course is great, because it really just kind of like answers any questions that somebody might have. Um, Another thing too, with my students is I'm always talking through the values, and they know like the cost of materials, the considerations of equipment, you know, and the decision making in that. So it really packages all of that together in that one course.
0: That's amazing that you talk about that. Yeah. Even labs now don't understand like how many units you need to do to pay for that $35,000 mill, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, correct. And so they actually come up with a business plan in that course as no well. No kidding. Which,
3: wow. Yeah,
2: which is really cool because they get to consider that and see that in black and white and in print. And there's nothing that speaks more volumes than to kind of see the details of that.
0: So how many start the program wanting to be a lab owner? And then when they get to that course, they realize, eh, ownership might not be for me.
2: Well, it's so <laughs> funny. You know what I mean? I talk through a lot of these things I've incorporated, even though they haven't been debuted in singular classes yet, but I've obviously instilled that in my last year students and then this year's students. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the employers just really appreciate that when they get out into the lab space. And what I was going to touch on is, you know, back in my day <laughs> when we would graduate, you know, everybody wanted to go right into ceramics and now everybody is wanting to graduate and considering ownership. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how many might change or progress onto that goal afterwards. But I haven't officially taught that course yet. It'll be next spring when it comes
0: through. Oh, I see. That's cool.
2: It is.
1: How do you have to go through the
2: process
1: with the boards to get those courses approved? What do you need to do?
2: Well, there's a ton. I mean, we have, they're state aligned, right? So we have to go through and propose it to the state. So I actually had to come up with the goals in the course, like what the learning space would be in terms of like its objectives. And there's certain criteria that has to be met with each course, depending upon the credit ratio. Mm-hmm. So I had to go through and come up with a formal proposal and then our curriculum team was able to, to go through and look at making their feedback on that. And then they support the process of submitting everything for approval. And then once it gets approved, there's additional teams that are incorporated in, in terms of like, we have an online learning department. They make sure that everything, you know, is met in there in terms of like the alignment between the course outcome summary and then the content of the course structure. Mm-hmm. And then I actually was able to go through, you know what I mean, and, and develop the entire course.
1: Do they come back and say like, you need to tweak this or add things or do they pretty much just approve it? Is it difficult?
2: No, they 100% will go back through and really go through and find detail to make sure that every objective is met in any anticipated area. Nice. So by the time that the course debuts, it's gone through several different portions of set standards being met before the course is approved to 100% go live.
0: Wow. And then you have to still create all the content that you're going to present to the students.
2: They get to see all that because they have to sign off on all that. Oh, too you to have to sure create it before.
0: Alignment. Yeah. So what do you do? Like a PowerPoint? Do you hand out sheets? I mean, how do you put something together?
2: Well, there's a ton. And what I actually did too in the development of all my content is I incorporated a ton of online content and really made the program versatile for students so that who are attending so, that they're able to still have life work balance between that and learning.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, because
2: nowadays, it's like everybody has such intense schedules, both personally and professionally. And sure. so, I really wanted to open up and limit any possibility of someone not participating in this just because of the portion of study. So, I'm excited because there is so much between that blended learning space that, you know, even right now, Right now, it's funny, it's an exciting time because my enrollment has been open. My class scheduling went live 12 hours ago. And I already have seven students that are signed up for the program. Nice. Mm -hmm.
1: So I've got a question about the students because you've been teaching for a while. How did they find their way into the program? How did they know they want to do dental technology?
2: Well, a lot of the underlying is that, you know, they... I've got a lot of students that have been in dental assisting or dental hygiene, Mm -hmm. and they've tried that, or we're going to attempt to try that and realize that it just wasn't the right fit for them Mm -hmm. uh, for one reason or another. I've had a lot of practitioners that have had family members that were interested in just dentistry period, but they didn't necessarily want to go to the extreme of going for being a dentist. And so they were recommended and sent to the program. I've had a lot of out of state students as well who considered other programs, but they didn't want to commit to that associate degree level. Mm
1: -hmm. So even
2: if they had a program that was offered in their state, they actually traveled from out of state in order to go through my program because it was a one year. Wow. Wow. And METC too also has like student apartments that are available. So that's something that has also helped with like out of state enrollment too, is having that additional support. METC really offers a lot of student driven support areas and like tools and opportunities, you know what I mean, in that area. And so that's been really fantastic as well. And farm two, I've done a ton of marketing. I was going to ask,
1: year. yeah, so how do you do that? What, where do you market?
2: Yeah, so I actually have two social media certifications. And so with that, I've done a lot of like things on social media, YouTube. METC has like a Monday spotlight where they do like a, a morning news show. And mm-hmm. i participated in a couple episodes of that. So there's a couple of videos out nice. there for that. I've had a couple of different, you know, publications that I've been featured in too professionally. So like I was in the 40 under 40 top technicians in the LMT magazine.
1: Yeah. Last mm. year. So Yay.
2: a lot of people got to see Spotlight, you know, and realized they didn't know already that METC had a dental technician program. So I did get a lot of outreach from that as well. Awesome. And then You know, I've had a couple additional things like um, METC has a transformations article or like magazine, and that's going to be coming out. If it hasn't already, it should be coming out this next month. So just different things from that perspective. And I also changed all the marketing on like the websites for METC period and in the hallways of the college. So if you walk through now, it's like you see updated photos of my students, you know what I mean? Last year, you know, doing cool. CAD design and, you know, we still do casting, but it's more so just from the study of like contour work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And there's labs in our area that are still casting as well, you know, and doing PFM and full cast crown. There's a
0: lot of labs still casting. So
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm always
0: surprised when I learn how many still do.
2: And this year, you know, we did 3D printing. So like Ooh. there are videos of that as well. So that really has, you know, when, Students or potential students will Google our industry and kind of see what their interest might be in the lab space. What's nice now is like the study reflects what's true to industry. And so they feel more confident in terms of enrolling in the program, period, because they feel it gets more on point with where the industry is.
0: And let's not forget now the best marketing ever, the podcast.
2: The podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, I still remember when you first debuted voices from the bench oh my god because i love listening to like podcasts really early morning in the lab and i still do i listen to podcasts all the time but i remember when voices from the bench landed their very first episode on apple and i was able to stream it
1: oh that was a long time ago elvis we weren't very good back then (laughs) (laughs) it took us a while
2: (laughs) I felt like I I shared your success with that. I was like, we made it. I appreciate
1: that.
0: Yeah. So you were the one download we had. I (laughs) was. That was funny. So talk about technology. Was it up to date when you took over or were you able to build upon it?
2: Oh my gosh. So there wasn't any technology that was in the program before. I bet. There was a D800 and a three shape license that was in place, but it wasn't being utilized.
0: Oh, really? Wow. And
2: so, what was cool is that the college was really supportive, you know what I mean. And I, you know, was very open with them in terms of what my goals were, of developing and changing and enhancing and pushing the program forward. And so, I was able to get e four scanner, nice, and then of course, you know, the updated version of three shape in there and Formlabs printers um, within my first year, which is fantastic.
1: Wow. Yeah, you need that. That's for sure. Yeah.
2: What's great is that I, you know, was able to go into, and obviously I've got a production background, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, in operations management. So with that too, I was able to come in and 5X the values of the amount of projects that we were doing. And then I was able to incorporate us going in and out of analog and digital workflows. So not only the wax copings, but then they design them. You know, I don't have in-house milling at this point, but I have been able to partner with Alien Milling, who's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, in Argon. Yep. Yeah. So both have been amazing in the space in terms of like fitting the needs. And then, you know, with us in terms of like project time workflows, it's been really, really good.
0: Are you looking to bring in-house milling?
2: I think in-house milling would be really cool to do at some point. The only thing I'm limited on is the space of the lab. So I have to see if there's somewhere that I can incorporate that in. Because right now, every space is being utilized really well.
0: Mm. So you're packed in there, I guess.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a great space. I have a separate ceramics room, which is fantastic. And I mean, like, it's a good, it's a good size lab. It's just with the need specifically where we would place that mill. I'm not 100% sure if I would be able to do it in this space that we're specifically in. Yeah. So
1: you got to ask to build.
2: Now it's time. Give me my own
1: lab. Give me more space. (laughs) That's great.
2: Uh, Yeah, it is. It's exciting times for sure.
1: When we were at Visions, like, what was the CDT? I remember you have to fill out a lot of different things. And so you got nominated and then you had to fill out all of the questionnaires and all of that. And then when did you learn you won?
2: Oh my gosh. So it was funny because I got done teaching and I got a call and it was from a Tallahassee number, right? And so I was on my way into lunch with my um, husband and my aunt and uncle. And I was a little bit thrown off because I'm like, who the heck could be calling me right now? Yeah. And then I listened to the message um, and it was Deborah. Uh-huh. And so, and she just had said, you know, if you could give me a call back, there's just something I need to discuss with you, you know, and, and she left her number. And it was so funny. I called her back and I, I was like, I wonder if they want me to maybe like, you know, at that time, I mean, I... I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm on the the Board of Trustees for the Foundation for Dental Lab Technology. Yay. And then I'm also on the JDT Advisory Board. And I didn't know if it was maybe something related to one of those. Mm -hmm. So I called Deborah back, and that's when she had informed me. She's like, Well, I'm personally calling to let you know, you know, and I was just floored. I was floored. It was because, you know, there again, I just, we have so many talented professionals in our industry, and I just have such high respect and regard for everyone. Who is active in our industry? All anyone, you know, right. and everyone that's participating in, you know, the betterment of it. And so, I cannot even express the gratitude that I have for being selected for not only one but both of those awards. Yeah, you know, and and to be recognized in such a, a talented industry that we have, it's just an amazing honor, and yeah. I am truly grateful.
1: Yeah, and that was the first time I think that I, along with Elvis, I was like, "Who is she? She's amazing." <laughs> I remember <laughs> like, when you were up there. <laughs> accepting you know you're just a wonderful speaker and you're just super just honest and raw it was great
2: well i just you know thank you so much for that compliment i i truly appreciate both of you and i'm happy to now have been you know officially introduced to you both you know it's funny because those that listen faithfully it's like we all feel like we know you you know yeah. what i mean it's like yeah. i heard your voice barb in vision 21 and Elvis, you do the same. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to make it over and shake their hand and just tell them this, that, and the other. <laughs> and then it was like, you know how it is when we get together. Oh, yeah. It's such an exciting space and you start talking and then all of a sudden you look and the person that you were going to connect with is like gone. Yeah. You're not yeah. sure where.
1: Yep. <laughs> I know where Elvis is, just saying. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at. What are you talking um, about? Just joking.
0: You mentioned you're on the foundation board. When did you decide to give back to the industry I mean, you've put so much of your passion into the school. Yeah. What made you say nationally, let's give them what I have left, which probably isn't much.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? I'll tell you, it, it's an honor to be in that space and to be able to collaborate professionally, too. You know? Yeah. And I'm appreciative because there, again, it's it's just amazing to participate in those types of conversations and dynamics there, again, to kind of just impact our industry at a larger level. And so it's hard. I mean, it's like I've always had that same passion and drive, but a lot of it I've kind of like stuck into the lab spaces that I was in for sure. You know what I mean? And like that immediate circle of just my state. And so to be able to kind of get on that Larger national type of level to make those impacts and differences. You know, what impacted me to, to volunteer with the foundation is in 2020, I actually received the SPEAR Education Grant. And so I was very appreciative of the opportunity that it offered me in that learning space. And so I um, was a recipient of an online membership and I was able to complete uh, 371 credits with SPEAR, which was. Holy amazing. It was amazing, just the clinical space of learning in that. And so I really just wanted to additionally, you know, support that opportunity for somebody else and then some. And so it's been really cool being able to be a part of the board. I did participate in the Race for the Future last year as well. Did you? Did you do the full triathlon? I did. Well, I ended up on a team with Lindsay and Sean. Oh, nice. My husband and I, we were signed up to do the full triathlon on Saturday. And then Lindsay's team needed a runner on Sunday. So I was able to jump into that space too. So you did both? No. You know what? It's funny because we were going to do uh, the race on Saturday. And first time there, you guys have participated before, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So my husband and I got in and you know how you have to do that meeting?
0: Oh, yeah. The pre-meeting? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we sat down and we did that meeting and it was so funny because it was like, rush, rush, rush. And they tell you the location that you got to be and this, that, and the other. We got up to do the race on Saturday and we literally were back and forth trying to figure out where the heck we needed to be. It was a disaster. Oh. Yep.
0: So you missed the race because you couldn't find it? And it was so funny.
2: Because they had had challenges that year with how their operations were running and where their setup was.
0: I bet you it's, it was different than most other times because of COVID and all that. It was. Yeah. And they apologized
2: profusely. Yeah. Oh. They're like, oh, my gosh. So then we got to participate Sunday instead of Saturday. Well,
1: that's good. At least you got to do it.
2: Yes. You know, because of all that training.
1: You're a runner. That's nice to know. Yeah. Was that last year? Or was it going to be your first
2: year? Yeah yep
0: that's terrible to train and get ready and excited (laughs) and miss
1: it
2: i don't know my swimming wasn't on point but my biking and running was for sure yeah
1: i remember that i I have like two weeks before i have to start training for this year and i'm like uh counting down the weeks i'm like all right i gotta start at three months and then i'll be ready to go so i get it it's a lot of work
2: it's a ton of work
1: mid-may is your start Yeah. Well, if you don't want to drown and you don't want to die, you've got to start (laughs) at least three months before the triathlon. I've talked to people that were swimming. They were like, oh, I've just swam a couple times. And I'm like, but it's a half a mile or a quarter (laughs) mile. Like, you can literally drown. And all I do is swim, swim, swim for three months so that I just, ugh. But I love it. And yes, Elvis, mid-May. That's insane. Yep. (laughs) Are you going to do it again this year, Oh, Oh, my
2: gosh. Yes. Yeah. Are you guys doing it? Hell yeah! Yeah, I'm
1: in. I, I if I can get
0: a team together. I only run. I don't swim, and I haven't been on a bike in years. So
2: I like the team. I think the team is fantastic because everybody it's like a win-win-win for yeah. everybody. Yeah. So that's what we plan to do this year. My husband's gonna run. I'm gonna bike, and then um, you have
0: to find Lindsay's, a swimmer.
2: Lindsay's gonna be on the oh, team. Oh, nice. Oh, that's it's great. gonna be the swimmer.
1: Good for you guys. Yeah. Yes. Don't
2: steal my team name. You want to know what it is? Yeah, let's hear it. Dental tech tryhards. Oh, nice. I love it. Yeah, yep. I'm teen voices
1: from the bench.
2: Who ah! <laughs> you is gonna be on that team? Yeah, just me. It's just her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Barb won't give up any of the glory. No, nope. nope. <laughs> she's all about <laughs> winning the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Oh my
2: gosh, it was so hot last year. We oh. crossed the line, and I crossed the finish line with Kelly Reinfeldt. And we looked at each other and we went right over to those towels because <laughs> they had like ice cold towels. They oh, almost really? called it. It was so hot. It
3: yeah. Was
0: what was it, Barb? Two, three years ago, they shortened the run on everybody because it was oh, so yeah. hot. Yeah. I mean, really? it's just, it's August in Chicago. You just never know. Yep.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, this year you saw education day. It's going to be the first education day from yep. the Foundation for Dental Lab Technology. So that's going to be fantastic too.
1: I'm excited for that as well. Are you teaching at that?
2: I'm not teaching at that. I I absolutely would have been happy to, but they were able to put together the presenters. And so, I mean, it's exciting. It's going to be the first one. And so, it's going to be offered on Saturday. And then it's free. There's no charge for it, too. Unless you want to go to dinner. So, it is. Yes. Come
0: for the education, stay for the race. I've been a spectator a few times, it's a lot of fun. just a lot going on it's it's just a great time even if you don't race
2: oh my gosh and the spectators are awesome like yeah just i can't tell you like after seeing that you know running in it and participating in it and just seeing all the children and families and individuals that were just like shouting out positive stuff or had signs or cowbells or were cheering just as you went through like you know to, to push you on to keep going like, it was pretty amazing.
0: Yep, I agree. I love it. I got to work on getting a team together.
1: Mm-hmm. Do, yes, it. Do, gotta do it. You got to do it. You can't take my name, though.
0: You're out.
2: Nope, you can't take my name either.
0: Uh, okay, I'll have to come up. <laughs> All
1: right. You can be on the team.
0: <laughs> or how about voices on the bench? That's what everyone calls our podcast anyway, so...
1: Okay.
2: Are <laughs> they really? Yep. Eh,
0: it's close enough. <laughs>
2: oh, my gosh. that's That's funny.
0: So, Nicole, with the program as it was... <laughs> How has it changed now? I mean, are you still doing the lecture and the and the teaching and what's different?
2: Yeah, so it's night and day difference between what it was 20 years ago and where it stands now. I would um, hope. I'm actually <laughs> physically training students at the bench. So, you know, with their experience, you know, we do theoretical lecture. And when I lecture, I actually have obviously touch points that we need to make sure that we touch on like specifically, but it's also like a lot of discussion. So then that way, there's more so the understanding of the fundamentals, but the whys and the challenges and the considerations in the direct lab space as to what happens in that reflection. And so I put a lot of content online. And what's been great about that is just the universal languages that are offered in that too, to open things up for, you know, students additionally. But, you know, there again, like in the lab space, it's, really neat being able to train directly at the bench, you know, and, and with contouring, being able to sit side by side and give direct feedback. And there is portions of independent study where they're completing portions of tasks, but it's true lab reflection. So exactly what happens in the lab space is is happening in the classroom. And so it's very seamless for students when they graduate to move into that space because they understand those direct communication values, when and where they go into asking management for assistance, and then also like department communication. And I do a lot of team building with the students too, so that they have that direct connection with the lab space as well.
0: Wow. So do you actually do it physically in front of them, maybe projected on a screen first?
2: Yes. So I'll actually do demonstration. And then in addition, I'll work with them, you know, side by side at the bench And then once they get comfortable, they'll start cruising through the values on their own through just, you know, step driven portions. And then I do 100% check ins with them. So I'll usually give them maybe 20 minutes to work independently. And then I'll come back around and work with each one again individually. And then with CAD training, I'll actually work side by side with them. So I'll go from each computer and What's fantastic is I have uh, desktops in the classroom, but I was Mm -hmm. also able to get laptops in the classroom. So each bench has a direct link where we're able to plug everything in. You know what I mean? So they, again, you know what I mean? Have that direct hands-on study with uh, CAD design software, you know, for the entire portion of class and the availability to use it individually.
0: All 16 students can design at the same time? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's huge.
2: It is. It's awesome. You know, and then we have the 3D printers and like I said, what's great too is that they're able to, you know, when we outsource, they're able to upload those STL files, convert them and with the different exchanges between like Argon and Alien Mm Milling, getting things plugged into those orders so that we can get them in.
0: How excited are they when those crowns come back?
2: Oh my gosh, they love it. I bet it's like
0: Christmas, I bet.
2: (laughs) It is like it's super exciting, and it's great too because they get to see with that first wave, especially like opportunities to change things. Like it's really cool to see those direct connections of like that light bulb, you know, that moment where they're like, oh my gosh, I knew I should have dropped that occlusion a little bit more. And it's Mm. things too, you know, where you just see such progression. Like even we stack, you know, in Crown and Bridge and we also stack in all ceramic techniques. So obviously different change in materials, but it's cool to see just like the transition and the difference between like how many fires it takes them that first wave. Compared to like the second wave and third wave and the same thing with like glazing and staining. Like there's such amazing progress in such a short time frame. Oh, I bet. And not only do they see it, but it's really cool from my perspective to see that as well. You know, and just the high dexterity I'm able to get out of each student and achieve within that time frame as well. You know, I'm really proud because it just shows a direct connection to what I have in place working which is a fantastic feeling because it was a lot of hard work and effort to get it into place.
0: I bet. Yeah. Do you tell them to keep their first restoration so they can always look back on it, you know, 20 years down the line?
2: Oh, my gosh. It's funny that you ask that. Yes. And you know what I actually do with them the very first day of dental anatomy? What's that? I'll have them carve a tooth from a two by two block. And they look at me and they're like, what? You know, (laughs)
0: like without even (laughs) really knowing what to do, you just hand it to them.
2: Correct. Yep. Oh. And it's just like a fun day, right? Because we're yeah. pouring like the models that we're going to be using. And we do use digital models too. So we use both analog and digital. Mm-hmm. Um, but they pour like those stone models that very first day. And so on top of it, we'll pull that out to do. And I'm like, all right, tuck that in your drawer. You know what I mean? And they'll keep it. And then by the time that we get to the end of just a portion of anatomy study, and they've got a full mouth case that they've just waxed. Yeah. And they'll pull out that first tooth and they're just like, oh my gosh. You know <sighs> what you mean? I got throw this away. And I'm like, you cannot throw this away. Like, you got to keep it to the end of the program. But the same thing with the restorations too. It's funny to see how quickly they progress. And yeah, I always do coach them to keep those projects because it's physical proof.
0: Yeah. I think so many technicians would love to still have their first restoration they ever made.
2: Oh my gosh. You want to know what's funny too?
0: You still have yours?
2: <laughs> no, no. But I was well, I Actually, I had it. Uh, I don't know when I got rid of I mean, we all keep some personal things, right? But I don't yeah. have that anymore. But when I took over the program, when mm-hmm. I walked down the hall to open up my classroom door, yeah. my graduating class's pictures were still in the hallway. And when I opened up the door, my model that I poured that still had my maiden name was in the classroom. What? <laughs> Seriously.
0: As an example?
2: As an example. Wow. I kept it
0: I would hope so I still
2: have that but I chuckled
0: that's hilarious
2: oh I know it was full circle. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say too full circle
0: that's great so what else is going on Nicole I mean what's the new thing I mean you got a lot going on with the school what's next
2: I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's interesting. I was just talking to a couple people out in Denver about this because it's odd. Like, I don't have 100% everything lined up for summer. Like, I have it kind of open right now, Mm -hmm. which is weird to me because I've never had that or experienced it before. So, I did sign up to go to Ladies on the Mill. Nice. Um,
0: We'll see you there. Cool.
2: Yeah, 100%. So, I'll be there for sure. And then I'm just kind of looking at what additionally I can kind of plug into. You know what I mean? In three weeks, my students graduate. Nice. What's cool is I'll actually be graduating in the same ceremony with them, too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I'm doing um my third degree and I just finished <laughs> out a supply chain management degree. Jeez, <laughs>
0: Nicole, gosh, you're making us all look bad.
2: No, I'm so, <laughs> I just, I'm telling you.
0: Third degree. Wow.
2: It's really cool just to be in this space. Like, I can't tell you how inspired I am and motivated I am by everyone in our industry you know I every day and it's funny because my husband's the so marvels. he's like oh my gosh you've been doing this for 20 years like I it, it's crazy to hear you talk about it because it's like your first year you know what I mean where you have that same excitement and interest and then you know really the motivation for all these things comes from just the depth I want to be involved in our industry but also just from like the sheer motivation of the others in it yeah you know and I just appreciate being in this space.
0: Outsiders don't understand our passion. No, it's no. weird to them. They don't They're get very
2: it. passionate bunch.
0: Yeah. Too true. So, you've called turkey stop working in a lab, right?
2: Well, here's the thing. I thought when I took over the program I'm like I'm going to work in the lab space and I'm going to teach and I'm going to do this. Well, then when I came in and I saw where the program was and how much work was going to be involved, it 100% I've been working Sunday to Saturday. you know, by my own accord, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Outside of what I'm obligated to do, you know what I mean? Just because my standards are really high with where I want things to be. And so it required that it really required that in order to get it to where it is in the timeframe that I've gotten it there. Nice. And so I didn't have the opportunity, but I a hundred percent would love to be in the lab space. And I would love to be in a larger global perspective and scale to be able to help be a part of like the training solution and solution for hiring technicians because we have such a great need and I can do that with the program, but I mean, it's tough because there's a national need for that, sure, you know, and as well as like the numbers, my output of numbers can never match what the industry needs.
1: Yeah. True. But if you grow, 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 grow it, you will. Yeah. You know, 15, 30, 40, 50. It's great. It is. Are
0: you teaching removable there now? I am. Okay, good.
2: The program includes removables and Crown & Bridge.
0: I think you mentioned earlier there wasn't much removable. Mm -mm. So how did you bring that into it without being a removable technician yourself? Do you have to teach yourself removables?
2: Well, here's the thing is I have removables in my background.
0: Oh, of course you do. That was a dumb question of me.
2: (laughs) 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 And so we have complete enters. But with the time and space, I don't have anything in terms of partials right now. Oh. So Complete Dentures is in there for study. And obviously we do custom trays as well. And the, the workflows for that right now are analog. I have an advisory board for the program as well. And mm-hmm. so we discussed when I came in, it was so funny because I had my first advisory board meeting and you guys can hear the reflection of my voice, right? And imagine this, it's like, eight o'clock in the morning for the meeting. I had had like, I don't know, two or three cups of coffee. <laughs> like I was within a first couple of weeks where it was just like, I had a ton of different program successes. Like, you know, a lot of traction that we had gained. I go into this meeting, my first meeting and I'm like, I want to shatter ceilings and break through glass and <laughs> da, 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 da. And I get done with the meeting and I was just like, oh my gosh. I looked at my husband. And I'm like, I think I just WWE'd that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're probably trying to grasp how fast I was talking. Thank goodness it was recorded. Yeah, but I was like, there's just a lot, you know what I mean? But I've got a lot of passion for our industry and obviously for teaching. And so it was so funny. With that meeting, I had also discussed like us going into technology, obviously, like printing dentures and whatnot. And so everybody had kind of like spoken on with the numbers. We were at like 5% of labs at the time that were really kind of like inheriting digital dentures or workflows. And so it just made more sense at that point to keep things analog. So I think that's obviously a future consideration for an add-on in the courses, you know, Mm -hmm. that we do. But for right now, because I just overhaul everything and increase the credits and change things. That's something I'll definitely be like a work in progress.
0: Well, I think there's, even to you, Nicole, there's a limit. (laughs) I know you don't think so. And I know you want to beat that limit every time, but there's only so much you can do, right?
2: No, I know.
0: (laughs) Excellent. I think you're well-deserving of the two awards you got this year. Oh, yeah. Easily. Educator of the year, CDT of the year. It's huge, but it's obvious it's well deserved. You've done amazing things.
2: Well, thank you both so much. I really just appreciate that. You know, and I, I still am floored. You know what I mean? I have both of those awards on the, the bookshelves in my living room. And it's funny because every day I look at them and I just smile. Like I just am so honored to be in this industry. And I just appreciate being able to be in this space for sure. You know, when you make those decisions early on in terms of what career you're going to go into, it's funny because you make them with the confidence at the time, thinking and hoping that they're the right decision. And I just can't believe the things I've been able to do in my career. And I just am so thankful each day.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. wait, love hearing your story.
0: It's amazing. We super appreciate everything you're doing for the industry. And I don't know. I just expect humongous things out of you in the near future.
2: Oh my gosh! Well, and I'm totally open to them. So thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, I would love to come back if you guys have a future opportunity. So if there's anything, to you, one of the things I love um, are your roundtable discussions.
1: Yeah. Oh, we can talk to your students too.
2: Yeah. Oh, they would be. They that would love so cool. love to come on. It was so funny because when I went out to Vision. And I came back and obviously I couldn't say anything, you know, at the time because it wasn't like public knowledge of the word. So I didn't tell them, but I, when I came back, I obviously told them where I was and what had happened. And they're like, oh, did you see Elvis? Did you see Barbara? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, listen your, we listen to your episodes in That's
4: class. Cool.
2: In class? We That's 100% neat. do. Oh my gosh, yeah. I participate in a ton of different webinars and continuing education. So we all can participate in that, but we 100% do. And oh, they actually have assignments built off of, your voice on the bench podcast.
1: Damn woman. That's yes. impressive. Thank you. So you are like
2: celebrities to them. Aww. And so it's funny because when we listen to and Barbara, you'll drop a curse, which you have been really good. You have Thank not done that.
1: this <laughs> Yeah.
2: But it's funny because you'll drop something and they'll go, Oh, Barbara, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we'll all just crack up.
1: That's cool.
2: Yes. That is one of the first things that they asked me is if I had awesome. Met both of you. Uh,
0: You might want to skip next week's episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, why?
1: Because she's a cusser. There's not me.
2: Maybe we need to put out there like if everybody wants to make a donation to the foundation every time the barber makes a curse.
1: That's a oh, I got
2: inside information now. Maybe we should put this out there.
1: (laughs) That's a good idea. There you go.
0: (laughs) Five bucks for every bleep, five bucks
2: for everyone.
0: Awesome. Well, for someone that in my high school days hated homework, I appreciate the fact that I am someone else's homework now. Yeah, fun
1: too.
2: (laughs) And in a very big way.
0: That's great. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you got a busy schedule, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
2: Oh, you're welcome. It was an honor to be here. Thank you for participating in this episode with me and for inviting me to be here. I just can't thank you enough.
0: Absolutely. Great. Thank you. And we will see you ladies of the mill. Ladies of the mill. For sure. Awesome. Have a good one. Bye.
2: Bye.
3: Hi, this message is for the many dentists and dental staff that are listening to voices from the bench every week. The fastest growing product that we have at Growth 3 x are our Grow3X aligners. Growth 3x aligners are only available from Growth 3x aligner certified labs. Why? Because we believe in the synergies that are being created between you, the dental office, and your lab. And we want to further leverage these synergies. Our aligners are for instance used as a pre-treatment to larger restorative aesthetic cases. They're used to widen gaps prior to placing implants. They're used to close the diastema, ease crowding, and simply enhance your patient's smiles. Even for your Essex retainer needs, your Growth 3X Aligner Certified Lab can help. Look for a Growth 3X Aligner Certified Lab near you, such as Castle Dental Lab in San Antonio, Texas. Ask for Blaine. AMK Dental Lab in O'Neill, Nebraska. Ask for Anne. Stax Dental Lab in McCool, Maryland. Ask for Derek. AA Dental Design in Marietta, California. Ask for Frankie. And many, many more. For a complete listing of growth 3 x Aligner certified labs, go to wwwgrowth 3 xcom
0: Thank you, growth 3 x and we appreciate your support of
1: the podcast. Super big thanks, to Nicole, for coming on the podcast and congratulations on the well-deserved awards, plural, of Educator of the Year and CDT of the Year. We can tell by the conversation over the last hour that you have worked very hard and are very, very passionate about the industry. Thank you so much for doing what you do, providing educated technicians to the industry. We super look forward to seeing you at the Race for the Future, dun, 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 another plug in August, where we can compete, kick ass, and raise some money for more educational possibilities. And to celebrate CDT and Dental Technician Month, here are the audio thanks that we got emailed into us this past week.
4: Hi, my name is Katherine and I am with Dental Lifeline Network and the Donated Dental Services Program. I would like to thank all of the CDTs and lab technicians across the United States for providing your services to our patients in need. Because of you, we are able to help thousands of the elderly, disabled, and military veterans nationwide that are struggling to afford dental care in our country. Many of you have been involved in cases where we simply call, asking if you'd be willing to donate a set of dentures for one of our patients. What you may not know is that on several of those occasions, those dentures are life-changing for some of our patients that have cancer. Many of them have had their teeth removed prior to chemo treatments and were left without teeth for several months and sometimes years. Because of you, the volunteer dentists are able to offer these people a chance to eat normally and to smile again. A special shout-out to our amazing labs here in Minnesota. I am truly grateful to work with such kind individuals.
1: Hi, voices!
0: This is Ashley from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I really appreciate this opportunity to have our voices heard. Our chance to thank our teammates over the years. I have a big thank you to Frank Mariani. Thank
4: you. (laughs) Thank you, David King.
2: (laughs) And thank you, Shamir. I just want to give a shout out to someone in the industry that I'm really grateful for, or a couple people that I'm really grateful for actually. And it's this podcast. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but this podcast has brought me into contact with so many great people in the industry. And it also helps keep me inspired. Like sometimes I'll be feeling like maybe I
4: should have not do this. Maybe I should just walk dogs for a living. And then
2: I'm listening to these stories and I'm like, yeah, This is great. I love it. I 100% love it. So thank you, Elvis and Barbara, and thank you, Voices from the Bench podcast.
0: We appreciate the people that sent in the audio thanks. It's super easy to do and fun. There are only two weeks left, so don't miss out on emailing us a shout-out to your favorite in the industry. Send them to info at voicesfromthebench.com. Right. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We will talk to you next
1: week. Have a good week. Bye.
4: Hello, Elvis. We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty insurance.